Coming to you from the middle of the country, a new voice in politics, a show that is breaking away from the two-party system. In the Middle, with your host, Justin Staten. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Good Thursday morning to you. Can you believe it's March already? Man, this year is going by so fast. It's it's kind of crazy, actually. It's already March. So I just got back in town uh, last night from, I went up to Erie, Pennsylvania to see a real estate investor friend and take part in his mastermind up there and got to take in a Erie Otters hockey game. It was pretty good time. And I would just recommend to anybody out there, if you're trying to improve your life, trying to get to the next level in business or, you know, just in life, saving money, whatever, join a mastermind. You know, I, you know, I can't, I would honestly say you know, what's more expensive investing in yourself, in your education or learning things the hard way. And I would say it's learning thing, learning things the hard way. I've, I've done a lot of that in my life. So anyway, had a great time up there, got back, but I'm pumped to be here uh, doing another episode with you guys today. Uh, we got uh, so much going on in the news right now. It's it's crazy to even keep up. You take one day off to go hang out with some friends, and the next thing you know, it's like 50 new stories have dropped. So a couple new things. Beetlejuice is no longer going to be the mayor of Chicago. Uh, and I mean Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, but, uh, I mean, she does, she just looks kind of like Beetlejuice and I'm not trying to like beat up on her, but uh, she, if you haven't seen the movie Beetlejuice, like go take a look and, and look at it. She just looks unhealthy all the time. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she's, she got primaried and she's no longer going to be the mayor of Chicago. And of course, it's very predictable. She blamed it on, um, you know, clearly the voters of Chicago, didn't vote for her because they're racist and sexist because she's a black woman. Um, and so, and I'm surprised she didn't say homophobic, um, but it's predictable. Of course, it had nothing to do with her policies. It had everything to do with the fact that she's um, a woman and has brown skin. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that. Joe Biden saying creepy crap at press conferences. This guy, I, I'm pretty sure... I mean, it's obvious he's in cognitive decline at this point, and it's it's very sad. And he's running again. He is going to run again, which should scare everybody. Um, and masks don't work. Uh, I don't know that any that we did anything right during COVID, but you've you had a new study uh, come out recently saying masks literally had no effect, um, little to no effect uh, in preventing the spread of COVID. And you've got now a lot of people out there, the media saying that, oh, the study is limited and it's wrong and yada, yada. So we'll just, we'll cut to the chase and, and, uh, and we'll talk about that today, whether masks work or don't work. But before we get on to all of that, guys, please do me a favor. If the show makes you laugh, makes you cry, gets you fired up, makes you think, share the show. Um, I'm also leave a rating review. Uh, and I was getting ready to say, I'm super happy with like how many of you are actually out there sharing the show and the listeners are growing which is really cool to see. Um, I appreciate that. So, you know, you guys are obviously sharing the show, which, you know, it means the world to me. I, I really do want to build this coalition. I I want, I, I think the middle of America, and I don't mean ge geographically, I mean, you know, those of us who really don't identify with the Republicans, we don't really identify with the Democrats anymore. We just want common sense and logic back in our government. 
we don't want a bloated government. We're, we're tired of the government, you know, wasting our money. We're, we're tired of being dictated to and how we can live our lives or not live our lives. And I think that middle of the country is much bigger than everybody else. It's much bigger than all the fringe. So yeah, thank you for sharing the show and getting the message out there because I believe, uh, we're just have a bigger population of us and we all need to band together. Uh, we've been divided for so long now that, uh, we, we, we can't get anything done and we have to be able to get things done in America in order to progress. So anyway, thanks for sharing the show means a lot to me. Also make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, uh, leave a review so I can continue to make the show better. And my goal is to bring a good show that's worth uh, listening to every single day so that when you do share it, people will uh, keep keep tuning in. But I, I see you guys sharing the show and I want to give a couple shout outs because it's super cool to see, like I can see the stats of like where people are listening from. So Pennsylvania uh, is really big. Virginia has been uh, growing. New York, I see you downloading in New York. Um, I've even Rhode Island, which is super cool. New Jersey, uh, thank you. So, uh, and then Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Florida, and then even Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, all of you guys that are up there. And we've even got some overseas guests, which are really cool, um, or listeners, I should say. Um, so thanks, guys. Thank you for for listening. And if you are listening and, and, and this show has made you think, uh, or you believe in building a coalition of freedom-loving Americans who don't really care about party politics and party ideologies, share the show. Um, let's build this coalition. We We can do it. And we're doing it. So, so yeah, Lori Lightfoot got primaried, which is crazy. Um, and she lost, as she should lose in Chicago. For those of you that don't know, she is the mayor of Chicago. She has been a horrible mayor for Chicago. And I think the folks in Chicago just had enough. Um, but, of course, when she lost, she came out and said, you know, obviously the citizens of Chicago are sexist and racist because they didn't vote for me um which is just absurd um she can't like th this is why she should have lost uh because everything about her um uh, stay as mayor has been divisive it's been completely dividing it's been racists on her uh, there was a time for example where she said she only wanted to do press conferences with black or brown reporters and she would only take questions from black or brown reporters and single everybody else out. Uh, anytime she was asked a difficult question, she fought back. I mean, if you watched a single press conference with Lori Light, Lightweight, Lightfoot, um, you would see that she just clearly uh, felt that she was better than most everybody. You couldn't ask her a difficult question without her giving you some condescending backhanded remark or comment. Um, and then that's even taking in all that into consideration that's not taking into consideration just how bad things got in Chicago it, it, it's ridiculous I mean just the crime rate in Chicago is 33 per 1,000 residents so there's 33 crimes per 1,000 residents it's one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes from the smallest towns in America to the very largest cities she presided over and created, and it's gone up under her watch, the crime rate. And 
the unfortunate part of that increase in the crime rate has happened in the black communities of Chicago. But yet she thinks people are not voting for her because she's black. You know, people are not voting for you because you were not a good leader. You were not a good mayor to the citizens in the community of Chicago. It's that simple. And it's it's good. It, and I think this is a, the reason I brought this up, because most of you are like, well, Chicago is not really a national issue. No, it's not. But it's it's a fringe issue. Right. And it, the, the whole goal of this show is to get people off the fringe and stop believing in these ideologies and to to see the divisiveness that our politicians and our media are, are trying uh, to deploy on us daily to keep us divided. And, and one of their biggest uh banners for that division is race division race and gender um and recently they've started using um sexuality as a way to divide us and so the reason i bring this up because this is a precursor i think this is evident that in chicago chicago is very you know heavily democrat as far as a voting block but i think this is very telling on how fed up Americans on both sides are are getting. And I think this is going to be a telltale sign of how this next election cycle goes. Because we're seeing the same thing that was happening in Chicago and happening at a rampant rate. You know, the crime going up, you know, mo a lot of that is violent crime. Um, so violent crime being murders, things like that, um, assaults. Uh, there was a lot of property theft, property crime in Chicago. And it creates chaos. And a lot of this chaos, guys, and this is this is the reason why I'm for small government. I'm not for the division because one of the tools outside of division is chaos. Government comes in and creates these problems for us, whether they're not prosecuting crime or locking people up or whatever it may be. They create the chaos and then they get on the stump, the campaign stump and the trail and say, hey, we got all these problems. We're going to fix these problems. And it's a sleight of hand trick because we have such a short attention span in America. We don't, we don't pay attention to how things were and how good they were and then how bad they got and who was the cause of things getting bad. And every problem that we see in America today, macro level problem, and I'm, I'm speaking macro, not micro. We, we all have individual problems like, you know, gaining too much weight. Maybe we don't run enough or don't eat right, don't have a good diet, or maybe we don't budget our money very well. Or, you know, those are micro problems. Those are personal problems. But I'm talking macro problem. Every macro problem we have in America right now is caused by the government. Every single one of them. It's not caused by us and, and some of our micro bad decisions, right? But it's caused by the government. And then the government turns around after causing these problems and says, hey, we have the solution to these problems more government. And then the cycle just keeps perpetuating itself over and over and over again. And we don't call them out on it. And we need to call them out on it. We have to make a change. We, if we want things to, to function normally and make real progress in this country, we have to see that government is the problem. I think Ronald Reagan said this back when he was campaigning in the 80s. He said, Government isn't the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. 
And he was right. Government is the problem. They create the issues and then go out and campaign. And these politicians go out and campaign on fixing the problems they've created. And that is insulting. Like every American should be insulted by the notion that these politicians are actually going to solve the problems they created. No, because it, it, solving the actual problems, guys, renders them useless at some point, which is a good thing. We don't need career politicians. We don't need lifelong politicians. We don't need lifelong long uh, bureaucrats. We need solutions to the problems so the problems go away and don't fester and don't grow. And then once they're gone, you know, we don't, we don't need the politicians or the bureaucrats. We need far fewer of them. And they don't need to be incentivized to stay in office for forever. But that's one way they keep their power. Create chaos. Create problems. And then we'll solve the problems. And it's just a vicious cycle that repeats over and over and over again. And I think watching uh, her get primaried and beat is a signal of what's to come. I think America is really, really tired. And good, we should be. We should be really, really tired of this. So I think we're going to see in this next election cycle, and part of the reason why I'm doing the show and, and, and want you guys to share the show and get the word out there so that we can build this coalition together. We can put our collective minds and resources together and get the right people from all over the country. Because if there's enough of us in every state in America and every congressional district in America, we can make the change because we can collectively decide who are we putting our money behind, who are we going to vote for, and what are we not going to vote for? And who are we not going to vote for? And we want people going to Congress who believe in term limits, who believe that con congressional members should not be able to do insider trading and, and profit off their positions. We need campaign refinance or campaign finance reform. Corporations need to be limited on what they can give. We need to really tighten up the purse strings of these campaign uh, funds and these campaign resources because there, there's so many tricks, guys, and sleight of hands. I mean, there's a story coming out of Missouri about um, a congressional member hiring her boyfriend to be her security guard, and he's not even licensed to be a security guard, and their campaign spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on security, which essentially went to her boyfriend, who now she's marrying and is her husband. And it's there are rules that you're not allowed to spend campaign funds on things that will benefit you personally. But there's so many ways around it. And this stuff happens all the time, guys. That's why politicians are constantly out there raising money. Because that's part of their war chest. That's part of their piggy bank. And they find all these clever ways to use the money to benefit them personally. It happens all the time. And they don't talk about it because it's the inside club. It's the it's the the good old boys club. Don't talk about this stuff, guys, because if you do, if one person does, it's over for all of us. And you get all these new freshman congressional members that go to Congress every cycle. And they go there with the best intentions in mind. And some of them still are there. That's so few. And it's usually the ones that they call crazy and fringe and those are the ones that are still true to you, the American people, and not buying in to the swamp. But there's so few of them. 
And you know which ones they are. They're the ones that all the other, the media outlets, the other congressional members call fringe and crazy. They don't get the good committee assignments. They don't, they don't get the front seats in the chamber. They're not on the news all the time because they're not on the take. They're trying to stay true to the American people and actually make change in Congress. But what happens is these new people go to Congress every year, these freshman congressional members every cycle, and they go there with the best intentions, and within one term, they're already turned. They're already turned. You know why they're already turned? Because something happens. They go, well, everybody else is doing it. And they get tempted. They get tempted to be greedy and start enjoying the perks of being a congressional member. Not there to serve their constituents. And they get turned because they're like, well, everybody else is doing it. Why can't my family benefit too? Why can't I benefit too? So the only way to combat that is to get rid of all the perks that come with going to Congress. Just eliminate them. And then you're actually going there to serve and, and be of service to your constituents. Not to better your life or become a career politician or get wealthy on the job. It is literally the only place in America where you can fail up. And it shouldn't be that way. So we got to band together. We, we got to come together and, and build this coalition so we can actually affect change. Because guys, I'm frankly tired of talking about it and having conversations with friends and family members and hearing you know people bitch about stuff in diners and, and restaurants and barbershops and malls and you know on public transportation and on the sidewalk but not doing anything about it like i'm not i'm tired of it we have to band together to make this change and i think Lori Light, lightfoot they're uh getting getting kicked out um is proof that america is tired and ready for change so let's let's do this so it's a good thing, and, and I'm excited that she is on her way out the door. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden. Uh, gosh, he just did a press conference where, and I'm not going to play it for you. If you guys want me to play more news clips, I can. Um, it's just, it's weird, and, and I, don't, I don't even want to, like, damage your ears. I know your ears are not garbage cans, so I'm not going to put trash in them. Um, but it's just getting weird, and it's just getting more and more obvious that Joe Biden is having some cognitive declines. Um, and with some dementia patients, it's it's obvious um, when they're having declines because they they have they have mood swings. They're up, they're down. When they modulate their conversations, it's up, it's down. And usually, those ups and downs don't match the the conversational tone, right? And so we're seeing that with him and his speeches. Um, the other thing is he, his vivid quote-unquote memories um, that he has sometimes that are detailed. You know, a lot of people in cognitive decline or, you know, early forms of dementia, they'll have their long-term memories, but none of their short-term memories. And I think we're starting to see that in Joe Biden. Recently, he was at a press conference or, or giving some sort of uh, speech or whatever. And 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 I, I listened to the video last night, and it was just, uh, it was just gross. Like, he was talking about how he used to have this nurse who used to do things that, you know, you don't learn in, in nursing school. And she would, you know, bend down and whisper in your ear just so you would know that she's there and cares. And, you know, her breath on you was like a personal touch. And, and 
and he was like all whispering it and like just being creepy and old and like and I almost feel I hate saying it but I almost feel bad for the guy because it's embarrassing and he's got some serious cognitive decline which tells me Joe Biden is nothing more than a fill-in you know he's a he's a figurehead for for the left and for you know their agenda and what they're trying to accomplish because the guy is not making decisions I mean the guy is literally you can barely read a teleprompter notes he doesn't know where he's going most of the time has to literally be guided and directed I mean he has like three or four handlers that guide him and direct him tell him where to stand tell him where to walk off stage how to get backstage it's you know and, and then you've got people on the left and the news media saying oh you know his state of the union he was fully there and Joe Biden is fully with it and yet guys early onset of dementia you know people have flashes of of you know cognitive abilities where they seem normal and then they have a lot of flashes of where they're not normal and I don't know if there's medication out there that can help you know folks stay more in that normal cognitive space but if so I'm sure he's on them um and I'm not trying to make any you know trying to keep it fair I guess but what I what I see Joe Biden telling stories like that being creepy missing cues um stuttering and stammering and I say that as I'm stuttering that's uh, ironic. Uh, no early cognitive decline here, guys. Um, but when I see him doing all this stuff and just he, the way he's walking now where he's got that short gait, um, it it just seems like there's been something, whether maybe it was a mild stroke or he is in some sort of cognitive decline. I mean, the guy is in his 80s. So um, it's just getting really, really pathetic and and, and sad and, and he's going to run. For another term, and I, I just, I don't think it's going to happen, guys. I don't, I don't think he'll make it that long. I really don't, just from a health standpoint. Um, and if you're somebody that's on the fence on whether or not you think Biden's doing a good job or you're going to vote for him again, I, I mean, if you don't care about America, you would vote for Biden again, because how can you put somebody in there that has significant, clear cognitive decline and feel good about it? So. You know, if you maybe you're a staunch, maybe you're one of the people on the fringe, and you're on the far left, and you're like, "Oh, I don't. All I care is that the agenda sees its way through." Well, you're on the fringe, and um, and you're 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 going to be on the wrong side of history, I think, with this, and that's why we want to bring everybody to the middle so we can stop with the d- division and and get things done. But Biden is scary, um, and I I think you know he should be primaried, and somebody has. Uh, stepped up and said they're going to primary him, which, which is a good thing. Um, I think the Democrats are going to lambaste her, but uh, I don't think Biden should be running for president. I don't think Biden should be president. Um, just from a health perspective, you, you don't want somebody that might have early signs of dementia or early early Alzheimer's to have the nuclear codes or the ability to um, direct a war, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's bad. And if you guys want more clips, like if you want to hear these clips of the the crazy things that, that Joe Biden says in some of his press conferences or speeches, let me know. I can start splicing them in. Um, but I, I just think there's a cringe factor that at a certain point, it's just not worth hearing. So I'm not going to splice that one in. But I, I only bring it up to say, you know, if we want to make real change, Joe Biden is not that change, guys. He's a career politician, known compulsive liar, career politician who literally makes stuff up um, at the pulpit and is in some serious cognitive decline. 
not a good combination for a world leader. And uh, I'm not even sure he got there uh, by legal measures. And I'll just leave it at that for now. And I think that there's mounting evidence, especially with this stuff coming out of Canada, that China was very involved in influencing Canada's elections and trying to keep Justin Trudeau in as prime minister because he's clearly friendly to the Chinese Communist Party. I think there's going to be some, and I believe there's people out there digging right now, but I'm going to call it now that there will be evidence coming out over the next 18 months that shows China also had a hand in our last election um, in influencing getting Joe Biden elected. I mean, there was a lot of money that came from China into the Biden family and uh, even more money coming out of China going to other politicians and bureaucracies in America and corporations, et cetera. So I believe there was a concerted effort on the Chinese. And I don't, I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to speculate. But I just think, you know, sticking with logic and common sense, if China really has a goal of infiltrating, controlling, dominating, and becoming the next world superpower, which they do, and if you don't think they do, you're living under a rock or crazy or dumb or all three. Because um, they do. And so just... Keeping it logic and common sense, I believe there is a connection there. And I believe if they're trying to dominate North America, they're not just going to stop at, you know, affecting Canadian elections. They're also going to try to affect the outcome of our elections. And so I think that evidence is going to come out and uh, I'm going to call it now and say it's going to happen. Also recently, a new study came out that said masks literally had no effect, um, on the spread of COVID. And a lot of people are coming out now and saying that, you know, the study was limited, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of people are kind of arguing about this and the media is coming out kind of in full force saying um, that, well, the study is inaccurate or people weren't reading it properly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so I just thought we'd talk about it. So the, the study that came out was the Cochrane Review, which is been known you know in the medical communities is kind of like a staple in medical research and that they don't just put out you know garbage or they're they're not swayed by like political and we all know covid became a political thing it became an ideology that was used it was politicized and used for political used as political capital for political benefits we i think we can all step back and at least see that much and if if you if you're not off the fringe far enough to know that that for the one of the first times in American history, we've politicized medicine and viruses and um, then you're way out there and you need to, you know, step kind of more towards the middle, you know, have a real conversation with somebody that's not in your echo chamber or your bubble, if you will, um, because that is fringe. I mean, they was definitely politicized and it's been politicized on both ends. So I'm not sitting here saying that it's only been politicized by one side or the other. It's it's been used by both, right? And that's why I have a big problem with it because it's just one more tool to create political division in our country. But this Cochrane review, like they're not, it's not a political thing. It's, it has no leanings and that's historically never has. And basically the study came out and said, look, masks had no effect on the spread of COVID. Uh, little to no effect on the spread of COVID. It didn't prevent people from getting COVID. It didn't prevent hospitalizations. It didn't slow the spread. It basically their findings were it, it, it just, they don't work. There's no evidence to support that masks actually work. 
And it's it's a premier type of study. So a lot of people in the medical community, when they saw that, said, wow, like, okay, here we go. Masks don't work. Well, now, because this has all been politicized and it's become a political thing, you've got people in the media saying, oh, no, no, the study is flawed. It's limited. It's too limited. Or... Uh, you know, the fringe right is basically using this as political capital to say that, you know, we shouldn't have put mask mandates in place, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it's just being spun in a political narrative. And that's part of the frustration with the whole COVID response. And I'm, I'm going to do a show on the entire COVID response and everything I believe that was done wrong, how we got it wrong. And I think COVID was, <laughs> I think COVID was, uh, how do I say this? I, I, I believe COVID was on purpose. I believe the whole thing happened on purpose. And this is not, you know, tinfoil hat stuff, guys. I just believe when you, when you go back and I'll do an entire show on it, when you go back and look at all the variables and all the elements, um, none of it makes sense. Okay. When it got released, how we tried to cover up the release, um, the fact that never in, in history have we shut down an entire countries and economies for a virus. Um, and even when the preliminary data came out and said, you know, your chance of, of being hospitalized was like in the, you know, half a percentile or less, uh, we still shut down everything. It, it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, so I, I think the whole thing was done purposefully. I think the response was done purposefully. Um, and I think it was more of an exercise in control than it was anything. And, and we will get into that, but the whole sad part of it all is that there it's been so politicized, which I have a huge problem with that. You don't know what's true anymore. You know, you don't, we, the, we've heard the government say for two years now that the vaccines were safe and effective, but now we've got studies coming out saying they're not, not only are they not effective, they're not safe. You know, myocarditis in vaccinated patients has gone up between not the virus, not those who had the virus, but even those who were just vaccinated with no um, virus. Myocarditis went up four to 28 times in vaccinated patients. That's insane. That's not safe. Uh, you know, when, when, especially in young people, when your, your odds of being hospitalized were 0 0.001 and you have a much higher, you have like a 0.1 or a 1% chance of developing myocarditis. At that point, guys, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out that the shot, the, the vaccine could be more dangerous than the virus. So the risk in that point does not outweigh the reward. And, and that information should have been disseminated to the American people. But yet today, we're still out there touting, get the boosters, get the boosters that's safe and effective when we don't know that to actually be true. So you, you've had this severe political uh, politicization, polarization, sorry, of the whole thing. So now we don't know what's true or what's not true. And the latest thing, and there's been a lot that's come out. I mean, it's come out and the, 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 the virus actually leaked out of a lab, more than likely leaked out of a lab in Wuhan. You know, the the COVID uh, lab, you know, it literally has the name of the virus on the laboratory in Wuhan. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not crazy to think maybe it leaked out of that lab where, you know, where was ground zero of COVID-19? Wuhan, Wuhan, China was ground zero. 
And our government said, no, 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 it, it, natural origin, has a natural evolution because it was politicized. It didn't leak out, why? Because we don't want to, we don't want our relationship with China to be affected. So we're going to go ahead and take their talking points and say, nope, it's natural origin, didn't, didn't leak out of the lab here. Well, now we're seeing evidence that it did. So that came out. Uh, the, the fact that, you know, Fauci, there was a story and I, again, I'm going to do a whole show on the COVID-19 thing, but Fauci, you know, and there some emails got released showing that Fauci was asking people, other scientists who were emailing him and saying, Hey, um, we don't believe this is a natural origin. Like when we're studying the virus, we see that this was engineered. Well, he just paid him off with taxpayer money. There's, there's evidence of that now that he was paying off other researchers and bio virologists with giving them grant, extra grant money in order to publicly say, hey, this was natural origin. So there's that coming out. So we've had the, the, the woo, it leaked from a lab, data showing they're not safe and effective, and now masks didn't work, et cetera. So it's all, the whole narrative that we've been fed over COVID is falling apart at a rapid rate. But every time new data comes out to show that we got it wrong, the government got it wrong, and, and they lied to the American people, you have news agencies saying, oh, no, 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 wait, not so fast. Let's spin this around. So you don't know what's true. That's what pisses me off. That's what bothers me. So let's just stick with the mask thing for just a split second here, and let's just think through this. A study came out said masks were not effective, had no effect. So why people are still mandating we wear them or why you're even still putting them on your face, I don't know. Maybe you think it's a fashion thing. I, I don't know. But if they don't work, there's no point in wearing them that are not natural. If, if we were supposed to evolve with something covering our mouth and nose, we would have evolved that way. But we didn't. So they don't work. The study came out and said they don't work. However, now we got people saying, well, no, the study was limited uh, so you can't say that they didn't work. Okay. Well, let's just stick with what we do know. And what we do know is that for almost two years or a year and a half, we were mandated if we wanted to go anywhere into a hospital, into a restaurant, into a school, anywhere. If we wanted to leave our house and go to inside a building or an environment other than our own home, we had to put on a mask. Correct? Correct. So we all had to put on masks. Did the virus stop spreading? Did we, did we start seeing less numbers of people being infected or positive tests of the COVID-19 virus? No. The answer is clearly no. So we, we did the exercise. We were told to put on masks. We put on masks and the virus didn't slow down. So again, logic and common sense if we all were putting on masks, and you all remember this, you have to all remember that, and if you don't, man, you go see your doctor. You might be in some cognitive decline yourself. But we all remember this. We were asked to put on the masks. We put on the masks. The amount of positive COVID tests did not go down. According to the CDC's own data, and every local health organization, their data, every health department, across the data is not there that shows when we were all forced to wear masks, COVID didn't go down. That's all the evidence you need. It didn't help slow the spread. 
You know what else? Neither did social distancing. Six, stay six feet apart. Can't, 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 can't get within six feet. We all did that too, remember? Didn't slow the spread. Then they came out and said, hey, vaccines, good to go, ready. They're safe and effective. And if you get it, they literally said this out loud. If you get the vaccine, you won't get the virus and you won't spread it. The only spreaders are the non-vaccinated. A little bit of division there, maybe. Let's just, you know, set out these guys over here that are the anti-vaxxers. They're they're only spreaders. They're super spreaders because they're not vaccinated. But guess what? We kept spreading the virus even with the vaccine and people started getting more sick. The data that exists shows that people who've been vaccinated were being hospitalized in the last nine months at a greater rate than those not vaccinated. It's, It's just blows my mind that these people are so willing to lie to us. And by these people, I mean the media the CDC, you've had two of the top officials in the FDA after the data started coming out about the vaccines resign, resign because you've got the CDC and the government saying these vaccines are safe and effective. And they saw the initial data said this, we can't make these statements, which is why it was still on just a, an emergency authoriz, uh, emergency authorization use. It's not even approved through the FDA as a, as a safe and effective medication. And they resigned over it because they're spreading lies. And it blows my mind that, that these media outlets and these politicians and people on the bureaucracies and the CDC is willing to tell the American people that this is safe and effective, that they are sticking to everything that is now being proven to be wrong. And we don't need fancy studies to show us that it was wrong because we all put on the masks. And we still spread the virus. Everybody still got it. We got vaccinated. I got vaccinated against my will. And maybe there'll be things that come from that down the road. I'm pretty sure I'll take legal action at some point. But we all got vaccinated. Didn't slow the spread. Now we got young people dropping dead at a higher rate than ever before. We don't need fancy studies to see what's happening in front of us. Just ask yourself a question. I know of at least two people, but ask yourself this question. How many people do you know between the age of 20 and 55 or 60 that has recently died in the last two years has died from either a stroke or some unknown issue, or maybe they had something like diabetes or, you know, something that we know the virus, you know, if you got COVID didn't gel well with comorbidities diabetes being one of those heart issues being one of those um just ask yourself that question how many people between the age of 20 and and 60 do you know in the last two years that have died unexpectedly from a stroke aneurysm or uh complications with another comorbidity like diabetes or something like that i know of at least two people Two people in my inner circle, or not not inner inner circle, but two people I know through family or friends that died. And both were vaccinated. And how many of you out there right now listening got the vaccine and actually feel good about it? Like, 
There's no part of you deep down inside, no intuition at all deep inside of you that is thinking, man, I hope I'm not next. I hope I don't just die unexpectedly from, from a heart attack or a stroke or, and that for the first time ever, you're starting to worry that that could be you too. How many out there have not even had the thought one time deep down in your intuition, when you're seeing this stuff happening and young people dying, that you're also not thinking, or maybe you know somebody who passed away unexpectedly, that you're not your intuition is not screaming at you that you're going to end up having health concerns or health issues for the rest of your life because you took that vaccination. I know I do. Think about it almost every day. Man, I hope I'm not going to be one of the numbers. And I hope you're not either. But my whole point, guys, in bringing up the mask study and, and talking about this is it's been so politicized. It's been so dividing that you're going to see stories from both sides and they're all going to try to spin it into their narrative that makes them look right and the other side look wrong. We're going to be seeing this over and over and over again. And all we need to do to combat it is apply the common sense and logic test to this. Because it works. Logic says that if we all put on masks, which we did because we were forced to, and the masks worked, COVID would have slowed down. Less people would have been infected. We'd have had less hospitalizations. We'd have had less cases of positive test results. Correct? If it's working, there'd be more negative test results while we were all masking up. But we had more. Logic says the masks don't work. And I know the fringies out there that want to believe wholeheartedly in the gospel of your party or your side that, oh, well, maybe people didn't know how to wear the mask properly and yada, yada. And you can go on and Monday morning quarterback that all day long. But guys, the reality is masks didn't work. I wore one. I saw people wearing them all day, every day for a year and a half. It didn't slow the spread, period, the end. The only thing that's going to slow the spread of a virus, guys, is hygiene, basic hygiene, hand-washing hygiene. Washing your hands with warm to hot soapy, preferably antibacterial soap, for at least as long as it takes you to say your ABCs. Simple hand hygiene will do more to slow the spread of a virus than a mask. And we're just tired of the bull. I'm, I'm tired of the bull, and I'm, I'm guessing you're tired of the bull too. But I only bring it up to say, you guys, just when you're when you're confused and you're seeing the spin on both sides, just give it the logic and common sense test, right? If, it, if masks worked, why didn't they work? Why didn't they slow the spread? If social distancing worked, why didn't it work? If staying in our homes and, and you know keeping ourselves locked up worked, then why didn't it work? If shutting down companies and businesses so people couldn't you know get together and churches and all this stuff, which was a violation of the Constitution, then why didn't it work? If it was done to stop or slow the spread, then why didn't it stop or slow the spread? Simple. Because it doesn't work. 
That's why. It's that simple. There's no magic here. There's no, and you can have all the data scientists in the world saying, well, we're doing a study on that. But we, we, we've already done the study. It didn't work. We did everything you told us to do. We stayed in our houses. We social distanced. We put on masks. We got vaccinated. On and on and on. And people still got COVID. Because none of those things worked. But you know what we didn't talk about? You know what we weren't blasting out on TV commercials 24-7? Instead, we were putting, letting Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson put their commercials out and got celebrities on board and politicians to tell everybody to get these shots while they're making billions and billions of dollars. We could have just put a commercial that ran 24-7 that said, wash your hands with soap and water. Routinely, wash your hands. If you've touched your face, wash your hands with soap and water. That would have actually slowed the spread. And it we wouldn't have had to shut anything down. We wouldn't have had to put masks on. We wouldn't have had to do anything other than remind people, hey, wash your hands. Not hand sanitizer. I mean, if that's your only option, of course, use hand sanitizer. But wash your hands. We could have ran that commercial 24-7. It would have cost us almost nothing to do so compared to the cost of COVID and the cost of our economies being shut down. It would have cost us damn near nothing to run that ad 24-7 for the first 18 months. And guess what? We would have stopped or slowed. I don't think we would have stopped the spread, but we would have slowed it down greater than any of the other garbage our government made us do. And it would have worked. Because that's how, we, that's how we spread the virus. It gets in our mucous membranes. We touch those membranes, our nose, our eyes, our mouth. We get the virus on our hands and our fingers. And we go around touching everything. And we shake hands. We touch doorknobs. And we touch refrigerator handles and uh, car doors and hand railings. And all the stuff we come in contact with on a daily basis. We touch our phone. Hey, can I borrow your phone to make a call real quick? Or hey, let me show you this video on my phone that I've been touching with my dirty hands, my dirty virus-infected hands all day long. All we had to do is wash our hands. But nope, washing hands, guys, <laughs> that's not going to make... I mean, I think Johnson & Johnson makes some soap, um, but that's not going to make Pfizer and Moderna billions of dollars. And in return, it's not going to put millions and billions of dollars into campaign contributions or funneling into entities that certain politicians and bureaucrats have interest in. Because that's what it's all about. Making money. <sighs> so, when you're not sure, guys, just give it the common sense and logic test. Anyway, I'm running out of time, and I got to get rolling here. I got to get to work, and I, I do apologize for posting the show late today, guys. I hope hope you got some from it. Uh, I appreciate uh, being with you, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Please remember to share the show. Uh, it would mean the world to me. We'll get the message out there, and together, guys, we can make this change. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show, and also we'll elevate it in the uh, algorithm, and it'll help other people find the show. So. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review. Um, go to uh, weinthemiddle.com. Also, that's www.weinthemiddle.com. And fill out the contact form. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Um, if you got any uh, interesting tidbits, anything like that, 
uh, that's the place you can go to do do that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I got to get to work. I will be back here with you guys again tomorrow. I cannot wait until then. But until then, guys, have a great American day and take care.